is Jazz Shapers with Elliot Moss on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. Here we go now, time to go now. Can't stop, no, not now. Maybe you'll see what you can be. No, don't stop, not now. Each stone you pass is just one class and there's miles ahead. That was Milestones from Mark Murphy. A brilliant way to start the programme here on uh, Jazz Shapers. Good morning. This is me, Elliot Moss, interviewing another shaper from the world of business, and that's what Jazz Shapers is all about. We put the people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul right next to those people who are shaping the world of business right in front of us. And my business shaper today, I'm very pleased to say, is the UK Managing Director and Co-Founder, bit of a mouthful there, I love titles, of Funding Circle. They're the peer-to-peer business who are doing rather well and who have, I think, I believe, have lent 1.4 billion pounds and counting um, you'll be hearing lots about how james and his team have managed to create a phenomenal success in addition to hearing from james you'll be hearing from our program partners at mishkondorea some words of advice for your business and then we've got the music of course we've got gil scott heron coming up gregory porter and this from dr john and the dirty dozen brass band <laughs> John and the Dirty Dozen Brass Band, I just like saying the name. When you're smiling and you know the song, the whole world smiles with you. Well, let's hope James Meekings, my business shaper, is smiling by the end of this uh, very gentle interview that I'm going to do with him now. (laughs) He's the, uh, as I said, the UK Managing Director and one of the co-founders of Funding Circle. And if you are familiar with the world of investments um, and and the like, then you would have heard of Funding Circle. And if you haven't, you will know all about them by the end of the programme. James, thank you very much for joining me. Give me the, 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 the elevator pitch on what Funding Circle is. No problem. So, um, so Funding Circle is um, a platform where people like you and me um, can go and lend money directly to small businesses um, over the internet. Um, it's our job to um, vet those businesses um, uh, and make sure that they're very likely to give you a return. So we launched this in um, 2010. Um, since then, uh, we've had um, the UK government lend, um, larger institutions start lending as well. And we've returned about 7% after taxes um, to... Sorry, after um, kind of losses to to investors, um, so we've got about fifty thousand people in the in the UK who are signed up. Um, there's been about one point four billion pounds which have been lent through through the platform. Um, so it's been going um, pretty well so far. Is there a minimum amount if I wanted to invest tomorrow that I would have to spend? Have to if put you in? wanted to come on, you could put twenty pounds on the platform. Um, but what we encourage every uh, every person to do is to lend to you know hundreds of different businesses. That way, your your money is spread across lots of different businesses, spreading your risk. Um, so you know, we think people should come on and lend about £2,000. That way you can lend to 100 businesses. Um, but I guess the key point is this is open to anyone. Um, mm. This is open to anyone who wants to take on a little bit more risk um, and uh, earn a bit more um, with, their, with their money. 
and how do I decide? Just a, a very a technical question. And there won't be many more. Yeah, yeah. How do I decide wh- where I'm going to put it in? Are there some guidance about the kind of companies? Are there ratings and that stuff? Yeah, sure. So um, you know, like we open the platform up to all types of businesses um, across the country. So there's bakers, butchers, accountants. Um, there's even um, like recording studios, etc. So like, all types of businesses across the country. Now, some people want to dig into those businesses and understand them. Um, other people don't want to spend so much time doing that. So we cater for both. Um, so you can choose. We also provide um, this tool which um, basically um, chooses businesses um, according to your own preferences. So you'll say, I want to enter these types of businesses. I want to lend this much money to each one. Um, you set the tool up and it will automatically then lend your money across um, hundreds of different businesses. So for people without much time, that's uh, the best option. Now, you are... Um quite young James um, and in the sense that he says I'll say yes on radio yes <laughs> you look so people can't see me <laughs> in, in, in the sense that you've been out of I mean you, you studied at Oxford um, you went into the strategy business and the management consultancy business OCNC when you first set this business up in 2010 was it just well I imagine if we could do this I mean what was going through ahead did you think you'd be where you are now or is it totally natural that you are where you are mm. now so I think there's a beautifully there's a beautiful point about entrepreneurs. They have to be incredibly naive um, when you start a business. Um, so are we where we want it to be now? If you actually look at the top line growth, so revenue, number of customers, yes. Um, if you look at the bottom line and it's all the cost in the business, we are, we've invested more money. Um, and I think that that hints at the complexity when you start a business. And if you knew everything that you had to do when you and how difficult it was going to be, a lot of people would never start the business in the first place. So I think, you know, you get these great companies which are started by young people. And I think, you know, people say that's amazing. I actually think it's because young people are incredibly naive and then start off. And if you had more experience, you'd actually know how much work it was going to be and how difficult it was going to be. And you may opt for the easier life. So I don't think as, I think the three of us were 26 um, when we, um, you know, started the business. And at that point you have you know, like some savings because you, you've obviously earned, um, uh, you know, money since you left university, but you don't have, you're not married, you don't have children, you don't have a mortgage. So if it goes wrong, you know, what's the downside? Um, so I think you have a lot of people now between the ages of like 25, 35, who are thinking, you know, this is the time I start a business. Um, and that's certainly the camp we were in. Stay with me for more on, uh, from my business shaper, James Meekings, on the virtues of not quite knowing what's in front of you. And maybe that was a good thing indeed. Time for some more music. This is Gil Scott Heron with Lady Day and John Coltrane. That was Gil Scott Heron with Lady Day and John Coltrane. James Meeking's my business shaper today, managing director of Funding Circle, also one of the founders. And we were talking earlier, James, about not knowing and then knowing. Now, the initial setup of a business like this, quite heavily technology-based. It's obviously Mm -hmm. an online platform, lots of regulation, lots of stuff you absolutely have to know before you even get past go. Did you, in those early days and weeks and months, think, Gee, am I a bit off what I can chew? Did you ever think I'm not going to do this? I think we had to raise quite a considerable amount of money at the time before we launched. So we had to, our first fundraising round was seven hundred thousand um, pounds. Looking back on that, 
you know, it's not it's not a huge amount of money in terms of venture capital, but as you know, three. 26-year-olds with no experience as a first-time business, um, you know, it was it was challenging. Um, so I think that process was the most difficult. But as soon as you'd raised that money, you had however many, 15, 20 angel investors to answer to. So there was no backing out um, by that point, especially when half of them were family members, mm. <laughs> aunts, uncles, etc. So um, we needed to work for them after, after that point in time. Um, I definitely think it's probably true after three or four months of um, leaving employment and working on your own, um, you stop having so many long lunches and you start working um, a little bit harder um, because you because you realise unless you put in the hours and the sweat and the blood and the tears, uh, nothing's going to happen. Um, but I think when that you know when things come up um, which are difficult, whether they're regulatory based or technology based, um, you just have to see them as problems which you have to break down and intellectually um, solve. Like an entrepreneur, by definition isn't going to have all the skill sets but they need to try and solve all the problems i mean that's half the the fun and if you if you um see it's daunting you don't see it's fun then you're not really an entrepreneur so i think it comes with the dna when you raise that money why do you think they gave you the money the three of you was it because they liked you was it because they trusted you was it because you had a a brilliant business plan um i think it's business plan Uh, you know the timing of what we were doing and what we are still doing today is incredible. You know, if you look at um, what banks, um, the, the challenges banks have after the financial crisis of 2008, um, and we could go on for hours about that. Um, you know, those are still those are still um, in existence today. So low interest rates, etc. Um, businesses still need a way to access money, and people still need to get a return. Um, and I think that's now more true than than ever. Um, and um, I think every angel investor saw it and saw the vision that we had as well. You know, we weren't trying to just create a small business in two or three years um, and get a fairly good return. We're actually trying to genuinely change the financial infrastructure of the world. Um, and I think that's pretty incredible. I mean, the problem we, we had in 2008 as a country and tell me to be quiet if this is getting too um, too technical um, but the four major banks accounted for 90% of lending so if your bank didn't lend to you as a small business you had no options um, and so we wanted to create um, a system which was better for the UK economy and what that means is you know we've now um, got a platform where even if um, some of our lenders say we're not going to lend um, someone else can come in and stand in their shoes. So, you know, you've got the government, the British government and the British Business Bank is lending. You've got the European Investment Bank that lends. So in any downturn, so say Brexit leads to some some form of downturn and banks decide that they don't want to lend to small businesses anymore, there's never been a more efficient um, mechanism to get money into, you know, the lifeblood of the UK economy than we have today. And so that's the story we sold to um, to people um, and our investors um, back in um, 2009. And some of them thought they would do, we would do Lally and they didn't want to invest. And I think they regret that now. Um, and that puts a big smile on my face. Um, and, um, you know, others came along for the ride. I'm sitting here with the Che Guevara of the uh, the banking world. He is a revolutionary, and that is indeed the story that people are bought into. It's, it's a great story. Latest travel in a couple of minutes, but before that, it's another part of our Future Shapers series. It's someone who is going to be shaping the world of business in the very near future. Hello, I'm Hayden. And I'm Amit. We run Bulb, uh, which is a renewable energy supplier. We supply homes and businesses across the UK with 100% renewable electricity and gas. We both used to work in the energy industry. Um, I worked with some of the the big six as a as a as a consultant, and Amit was a gas and electricity trader. And um, when we were working in 
in the industry, we discovered that there were quite a few things that could be improved. Prices were too high, service wasn't very good. And the other big thing was that renewable energy was something that was seen as something expensive you had to pay more for. But if you look at the costs, we thought that we could make it a lot, lot less expensive. So that's what we've done with Bulb. There's a number of challenges you face along the way. Really, at the moment, the one that we, you know, we're working really hard on is just getting the word out there of how easy it is to switch, that you can make a renewable choice very easily, and yeah, that there's there's really affordable energy choices that you can make quite quickly. I don't know when I used to tell my friends that yeah, we're going to start an energy supplier. People's eyebrows used to sort of raise up, and it is quite a, a daunting task. I've got to say though, it's it's been fascinating to see how you can use new technology and apply it to a a relatively traditional industry so in setting up the IT systems and all the back office operations we've used a lot of modern technology that has actually made starting the business a lot easier than I think it would have been 10 or 15 years ago. In terms of leadership style as a pair it means that you can often take responsibility for different parts of the company and take responsibility for different situations and different ways of of working with the team. I've not didn't have a huge amount of experience of straight up leadership before doing this, but growing into that role with a friend who's also your co-founder makes it makes it a lot easier. You sort of learn how to do things together. And yeah, I think there's, you know, there'll be often times in meetings where one of us take is taking a bit more of a maybe a bit more of an energetic <laughs> energe- energetic um, role in discussions while someone else is taking a bit more of a backseat and a bit sort of steadier. Um, Steady hand on the tiller. So, yeah, it just makes it a lot of fun to continue. Yeah. Our ambition for the business, the reason why we went into this is to improve the service um, and the deal that uh, consumers are getting from their energy company. We also long-term really want to be part of you know, driving behavioural change in response to how people actually use energy. People don't really have a lot of access to the data around the amount of energy that they use and long term we want to be able to help people use less. I think energy is only going to get more exciting with all the new technology around electric vehicles and batteries and smart grids and you know all of the things that you can do with your mobile phone as well are going yeah. to completely transform this. So as a supplier we want to be at the, the very epicentre of that. Jazz Shapers presents Future Shapers, the future of business today. You'll find that Future Shaper in full at jazzfm.com. You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss. Every Saturday morning, I'm very lucky because I get to meet someone who's shaping the world of business. My shaper today is James Meekings. He's one of the founders and he's the managing director of Funding Circle. And Funding Circle, if you don't know, are doing rather well. I think they've lent over £1.4 billion and they are an amazing alternative platform to the big banks. We were talking earlier with James about the revolution and the story that he presented to potential investors. And some got it and they did well and some didn't. And James laughs in their face. Not quite, but he's uh, probably, uh, you know, he, he's moved some on from pleasure. The, some pleasure. He's yeah. derived some pleasure from that. Um, the three of you, when you founded the business, obviously there was a mutual understanding, there was belief in it, there was chemistry. What happens as you grow? Because I know that some of the founders are less involved now than others and things. How do you decide along the way who's going to do what and who's also going to take a step back? And, and were, those, were those difficult decisions? Yeah, I think... Um so the three of us were university friends, um, and so when we started talking about this in each other's kitchens when we were 25, I mean, most 25-year-olds would probably be out you know, on a Thursday night 
in some kind of grungy pub club in London. I didn't want to say you're a bit of a square, James. It's all right. <laughs> I was just thinking it. It's fine. It's okay. I can take it. Um, and we would be um, talking about how to um, you know build a better financial world in in in, in the kitchen. Um, uh, so um, you know, I think we had a unique blend of fr- friendship to start this up, um, and we also had quite unique skills. Um, so. So Andrew was involved in risk. Samir was involved in financial services, looking at buying companies like Northern Rock. Um, and, you know, I was a consultant in kind of the retail and media spaces. So we all had very actually different skills. But underlying that, we had a friendship. And I think, you know, that's any founding team, when you look at them as an angel investor, you have to understand, like, how far do you think they're going to go as a team? And you have to weld together people with very different skill sets, but there needs to be some common bond. And either it has to be for the vision of what they're doing, or it has to be some kind of friendship. And I think without our friendship, the business definitely wouldn't be in the situation it is today. Because what it allows you to do, and I think this is important, even if you're not friends as founders, to have robust conversations, i.e. arguments, which may go on for hours. Um, And, you know, they're painful. But then the next day you kind of wake up and you say, I'm really sorry, I didn't mean to say all those horrible things, and you clear the air. Um, And I think any founding team, like, needs needs to do that. Um, And I think it's easier the closer you are, right? And some people, I guess, start off as friends, you know, others others don't. Um, um, And that, I think, makes it easier as you progress to... Um, have honest conversations about how skill sets are developing. You know, do you take on different roles within the business? Are you needed on a day-to-day basis anymore? All of those kind of things, which should be hard conversations, become very easy if you start off with an open um, kind of relationship between um, between the founding team. Important decisions to make when you are indeed setting up a business. Stay with me for more from James. Lots more coming up. But right now we've got some more music. This is Gregory Porter with Windsong. The sun, the trees, the leaves, the ground, the sound it makes When love sings songs of love to them I try all day to not write songs that sound cliché that was Gregory Porter and Winsong. James Meekings is my business shaper today. And uh, as I said, he's managing director of Funding Circle. They're doing rather well, peer-to-peer lending business. And we were talking earlier about the notion of friendship and how those that's really facilitated your ability to have robust conversations. When you get bigger, James, you start employing people. They're not your friends. They become friends. Some, some are. Some are. No, they, become, they become friends. And yeah. some, some may well be. But how do you manage to have those uh, as the team grows and the stakes get a bit higher because suddenly there's more attention on you. Uh, you've got bigger investors, as you said. You've got people of substance saying, I believe in this. It's no longer just a story. It's mm-hmm. now a reality. How do you manage to have those robust conversations with the people in the business? Uh, and, and are there some secrets that you learn? Or has it just been, because, you're again, you mm-hmm. haven't been doing this that long, and you're, what got you to the start line was the vision. Yeah. You hadn't necessarily run a big team or created a big team. So how have yeah. you managed all those things? Yeah, I think, look, it's leadership and um, you need to have difficult conversations with people um, and you need to earn the right to have those difficult conversations I always think of it as a um, like a, a two by two with like challenge on one side um, and rapport on the other um, and if you haven't built up rapport with your team um, how do you how do you challenge them um, and so you need to build up enough um, you know credits with your team and respect um, to keep them motivated and then 
when you have harsh words with them, I think it has even more impact. So I think you need to, you need to do that. And I think that's probably something that as a kind of a, a founding team with friends is actually probably easier because the three of you obviously have rapport. So when you grow that team out, they learn from how you three mm. interact with each other and it's much easier to um, have rapport. And I think to your point, when you grow the team, it does become more challenging. You know, with in, in Funding Circle globally, now we have 600 people. Um, so how do you build up rapport with that many people? And I think the, the honest answer is, is you can't, um, but you, you've got to choose the right people and give enough time to it. And as you've grown out, obviously you're opportunistic like any good business is. What have, what have been the drivers for those expansions in brief? What, what, what's pushed it? Is it just simply that you can see the commercial opportunity or is it a bit more than that? Yeah, I think, look, we have a desire to um, change how the world works. Um, and uh, we had a very successful UK business. We could have stayed just operating in the UK or we could have taken what we were doing, the ideas, the technology, the brain power overseas um and you know that's what we did we bought a u.s business um and um last year we bought a, a european business um now we're in five countries um and you know i think that comes with you know wanting to like change something fundamentally there's no way we could have stopped you know in, in the uk it brings new stresses new challenges but ultimately it's why we get out of bed in the mornings I mean, changing how the world works is a pretty big thing to want to do every day, and I suppose that does that would drive most people. I'll be having my final chat with James, plus play a track from Thelonious Monk. That's after the latest traffic and travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. <laughs> The wonderful Thelonious Monk with Straight No Chaser. James Meekings is now here, Straight No Chaser, just for a few more minutes. And we've been talking about changing the world and a revolution, how that, as three friends in a kitchen many years ago, drove you to this point. And this point now, James, is, I guess, a really important moment. The top line is there. Uh, the innovation is coming. You're international. Um, I loved. I, I read about you dedicating a floor of your your office in London to other businesses and having them kind of in a WeWork type style mm-hmm. thing come in and 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 that and do all that. I like the idea of the securitized platform. All these clever things. This is well and good. How long is it going to take you to turn a profit? Because that's obviously important. How many more years would you predict, give or take? Because I know we, we won't hold you to it, but roughly, where do you think you'll be? What year will you be in? I think it's a decision about you know when you want to slow down the growth and when you want to stop building like the long term infrastructure. Um, you know, I think in different parts of the business as well. Um, so, you know, I think the UK is close to that point already today. Um, and then we have a decision. It's like, do we want to take profit out of the business um, and give it to where? Is the question, um, or do we want to invest it into more growth? And that might be growth in terms of um, that kind of top line, or it could just be um, in terms of better infrastructure to take to um, other other countries. But you know, we get this question quite a, quite a bit from a British audience, and you know, what we like to um, you know think is Britain needs to find the next Facebook. 
there's been so many US companies which have led the way. No one asked the question in the first five years of Facebook, you know, when's, it, when's Facebook going to make profit? I mean, when it IPO'd, they did. And look how silly those people look now, right? Um, and I think um, that's the same with um, these businesses, you know. Um, and to go back to you know the earlier conversation we were having about the first angel investor round, I think one of the challenges for founders in the UK is the angel community asks a lot of questions about you know when am I going to get my money back? What's the revenue model in the first few years? You know if you're investing in building something which you genuinely think is going to take the change the world, it's going to take you time, and it is a long term it is a long term investment, and it would not be that if there's a window of opportunity, and for us there's a big window of opportunity now with. Um, with how banks are, it would not be right to be trying to deliver profit today. The right decision is, you know, how do we grow to take advantage of that window of opportunity? So you measure your success, and, and I like the long, the long, long-term view of it. Um, you're going to measure your success by whether you really change the world or not. I mean, in the sense, yeah, definitely. And, I, and if you yeah. do that, though, just to take that further, how long are you going to be on this this ride for? I mean, you're as I've said, personally, already, yeah. I will be here for however long I'm useful um, to the business. But to go back to like, you know, what do I really want to get out of it? And this sounds really cheesy, right? But I want to be like a granddad and be able to tell my grandson or daughter like what I've done and for them to be like, whoa, like, how did you do that? And what the reason I say grandchild, I think you can, any parent, any um, one like thinks of their parents and, you know, they're really proud of them. But for, to impress your grandchild like that, you know you've crossed generations. And I think that's what we're doing at Funding Circle. I think we're, we're doing something which happens once a generation and we're changing something which is incredibly proud. And I think all of the 600 people who work at Funding Circle feel that too. James, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to be in the company of you because I just love the fact that you've got this proper vision, you mean it, and, and you're on the way. I'm never going to ask a question about short-term profit again, ever, <laughs> I promise, because you're right, it's the wrong question. Just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Yeah, so the song choice is B.B. Um, King and Paying the Cost to Be the Boss. So when we decided to um, choose this song, I was sitting down with um, Andy Mullinger, who's one of our other um, founders, um, talk- talking about you know what would be most appropriate. And I, we, we came up with this one um, because I think before you start a business, you think that being your own boss is going to be um, easy. You're going to go out for lunch every day. You're going to work not many hours um, and you're going to be free of the boss. I think that is categorically not true. I've never worked harder. It's never been more difficult. And uh, it can be lonely at times. Um, And uh, you realise that after you've done it. So I think this is quite apt for anyone who's thinking about, um, or even is, um, an entrepreneur. That was B.B. King with Paying the Cost to Be the Boss, the appropriate choice of my business shaper today, James Meekings, one that he made, in fact, with his co-founders. The same co-founders that, along with him, decided they wanted to revolutionise the world of lending. And that is exactly what they have stuck to since they launched the business. 
James also talked about not knowing much when he launched and then the benefit of being naive in a way because if you weren't you wouldn't actually go ahead and do the things that you were actually going on to do and finally a really interesting insight about how he has built a team that notion of challenging people but building rapport with them so that you can indeed have those robust conversations that you need to have as you grow a business all great stuff do join me again same time same place that's next saturday at 9 a.m sharp for another edition of jazz shapers in the meantime though stay with us here on jazz fm because coming up next it's nigel williams jazz shapers on jazz fm in partnership with mish it's business but it's personal